Alright, thank you for listening to Remake Rewind, the podcast where you decide if remakes or reboots should have happened. As always, I'm Mike. With me, we've got David Delgado, aka Double D. How you doing, little buddy? Um, I'm a little sick, Mike. Bear with my voice, listeners. I apologize for any uh, mumbling or any weird noises. And uh, yeah. Dude, you still sound pretty sexy. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like Phoebe on Friends when she had she was singing Smelly Cat all sick. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. Man, that was a pretty good harmony. (laughs) Alex, I'm a little uh, ashamed that you didn't join in. He wasn't introduced. It's our fault. Yep, that's true. Here's Alex. Uh, You guys uh, might recognize him from our Star Trek episode. How are you doing, Alex? Welcome back. Doing good, doing good. (laughs) I guess we liked you, Alex. (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, you're all right. <laughs> oh, I like you, Alex. You're a cool guy. And it makes lets me talk less, so that's cool. <laughs> that's that's mainly why we brought him on, Double D. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd just like to say I'm only here because Mike did not accept my resignation on the Star Trek episode. That's right. <laughs> I, I crumpled it up and threw it away. I wiped my ass with it. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's just get into it. So this week we are covering an '80s classic and its remake, of course. Duh, that's what we do here. But we are covering the Kevin Bacon classic. Footloose, footloose, <laughs> kick off your Sunday shoes. Oh man, did I sound like Kenny Loggins? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. so. Alex, uh, well, I'll talk to you first. What What is your relationship with the Footloose movie? Uh, this is actually my first time watching it. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Quill would be disappointed. <laughs> Very it's, disappointing. It's weird because, like, I, I, um, like anything from like the '90s and up, I've definitely seen because my dad like was a heavy component of like going to blockbusters and renting out the new movies. But like anything before that, I, I, I don't really have much knowledge. That's what about why, like, the Terminator? That's a special case because Terror Two came out in the '92s, and I loved it so much. My dad's like, "In the '92s, could... <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there so many of those." <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, all right. So, Double D, what about you? Um, I think I saw this once in like middle school or high school, and it, it wasn't a uh, resounding movie for me. So, it's not something I identified with, but. Yeah, I've seen so, it before. So this movie's got a little bit of an interesting history in my family. Now, I've it's been easily 20 years since I've seen this movie. It's been a long time. Like the only thing I can really remember is like the rage dance scene. <laughs> but I feel like that's more because it's almost beat for Iconic. beat in Hot Rod. Oh. That Andy Samberg right. movie. It's he, so good. Yeah, yeah, he does it. So that's what this so that's what this is from, Alex, is since you know what that movie is. Um <laughs> But one of the things that's weird about this movie is when my parents first got married, they had cable for a little bit. You know, we never had HBO growing up, but apparently they had HBO when they first got married. Those bastards. But <laughs> um, then you came along, Mike. Then you I came along it and ruined everything. <laughs> no more home box office for them. Well, home box office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, so I was born six months after they were married. My yeah, dad's birthday's quick. in January. I was born in October, so I'm pretty sure I was birthday sex. No, nah, I don't think so. Pretty sure. I was <laughs> this close to being a blowjob. I held my fingers very close to, to oh. each other. 
<laughs> but my this movie apparently when my parents first you know moved in together after getting married this movie and ferris bueller run was like every day so now my mom like hates these movies because she saw them so much and my dad watched them apparently oh, like over and over and over again i love ferris bueller it's one of the greatest movies ever oh it's fantastic um bueller I really like bueller 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 um bueller. so i guess bueller <laughs> 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 young charlie sheen's in that movie too for bit roll it's oh, yeah. a weird movie i love that movie though john Great. hughes he's the best so getting into the movie it's like this movie came out in the 80s uh, i think it was 84 yeah yeah 1984 the remake was 2011 i thought it was a lot more recent than that 2011 oh my god that was seven years ago yeah i thought it was a lot more recent than that so i was like watching it and then i saw the date on it. i was like it kind of blew me away i thought it was like two or three years ago it came out uh, I thought so too. I also thought 2011 was three or four years ago. No, dude, <laughs> that was seven years ago, bro. Jesus, that was a year before I met you, buddy. Oh man, God, I can't believe you. We've known each other that long. It seems like just a couple of years ago. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think we should just get into the movie. And uh, who's who's got a synopsis for it? Uh, that would be me. All right. <clears throat> Who are you again? It's me, Alex. Oh, hi, Alex. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. From Anonymous. <laughs> Ooh, Classic good tale of Teenage Rebellion and Repression features a delightful combination of dance choreography and realistic and touching performances. When teenager Ren McCormack and his family move from big city Chicago to a small Midwestern town, he's in for a real case of culture shock. <laughs> Though he tries hard to fit in, the streetwise Ren can't be- quite believe he's living in a place where rock music and dancing are illegal. However, there is one small pleasure, Ariel Moore, a troubled but lovely blonde with a jealous boyfriend, and a Bible-thumping minister. Oh, wait, did I skip something? No, <laughs> that is who is <laughs> <laughs> responsible for keeping the town dance-free. Ren and his classmates want to do away with this ordinance. Especially since the senior prom is around the corner. But only when Ren has the courage to initiate a battle to abolish the outmoded ban and revitalize the spirit of the repressed townspeople, fast-paced drama is filled with such now famous hits as the title track and Let's Hear It for the Boys. <laughs> that That is true, though. Like This movie had some great music. I'm a sucker for 80s music. I Did it, did it make you want to dance? A little bit. <laughs> did you dance? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure yeah. I was laying down <laughs> watching the movie. I, I did definitely danced. sing along at the beginning of the <laughs> Footloose. The Footloose. <laughs> so when I, the intro to this movie is a little awkward. Like it's definitely like a foot fetish. Who, what's a person who has a fetish called? Fetisher? Fetishy? Fetichini? Fetichini. Somebody who has a foot fetish would probably love the intro to this movie. It's two and a half minutes. Um, of just feet, just feet dancing. It's like a Quentin and, Tarantino movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he probably loves the intro to this movie. He uh, so it's it's like two and a half minutes of just feet dancing to the Footloose song, and at first I thought I'm like I bet it's the same like person, but it ended up being like a hundred people. And Kenny Loggins actually had like a little cameo. His feet was it up just a somewhere. random one hundred people, or was it like all the actors? Like the I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Double D. You're supposed to have all the answers, Mike. I have some of them. <laughs> You're supposed to have all of them. I I have some of them. 
because I don't have any of them. You're oh, supposed know, to have D. all of them. We have established that you're an idiot many times I, over on this I, podcast. I know. That's why you're supposed to be the direct opposite and have all the answers. <laughs> that's not fair. Well, that's life. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alex, since you've never seen this movie before, what what were some highlights for you? I like how they like they showed how boring the town was. Like when they had to do like tractor fighting, jousting was so <laughs> <fighting. laughs> That was great. That was my favorite part. The tractor, the tractor chicken. Yeah. <laughs> The and then chicken. he only won because he actually wanted to chicken out, but his shoelaces got caught on the <laughs> pedal, so he couldn't jump off. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's pretty fun. I don't know why you'd say that the town's boring if the only thing they're doing is tractor chicken. Have you guys ever like, done tractor chicken? Um, No. Have you ever done chicken on a car? No. Only in video games. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck you guys. These guys are way more interesting than you. Would you race me on a tractor? Yeah. Would you bail out? No. Me neither. I'll fucking plow you, buddy. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, so, a big, obviously, a big, big part of this movie is the, the rage dance scene, um, which I actually thought was really good. I wait, wait, before you go too far, Mike, why, why was there a bar there for him to do gymnastics? It's just a support <laughs> beam, dude. I mean, it was just sticking out there, not supporting anything, though. You know, honestly, I would I would maybe agree with you, but at the store that I work at, there's like a random like pillar that just has like a bar in it. <laughs> like I don't know why. Um, we don't really talk about where we work, but the where I work, there there's a random two support beams, and there's like a thin metal bar between them, and it would be perfect for doing flippy flippies. I think you should do that next time. And I'm not. I don't have the core strength to do it. No, you don't. I think it's just momentum. That's all you really need. Yeah, but you need core strength to start momentum. <laughs> Kevin Bacon definitely had it. Yep. I mean, he's also or super skinny. Double. So, the dance scene—it's it, funny that that gymnastics, gymnastics, gymnastics part you talk about. He's doing like a rage dance. He's throwing broken bottles around, smoking, and he's dancing, and he's ripping his clothes off and banging against the walls. But he does this thing where he jumps up on this bar, and he spins around, and then he flips and jumps off of it. But they show the jump from like eight different angles. And so it's seriously like 20 seconds of him just flying through the air over and over and over again. Like they couldn't decide which angle they picked, so they put them all. They needed all of them. They needed all of them. Um, They're all good angles. But I actually really like that scene. And then like... We'll we'll get into the characters in a minute. Uh, I'll ask you, Double D. Besides the tractor pull, like or tractor chicken, what any any other noticeable callouts for you? Um, I like how oh, getting on the characters too. Willard, the, how he met Willard. That was uh, oh, Willard, pretty great. good scene. When they uh, they just bump into each other in the hall and they start picking at each other and then they just introduce each other like they're best friends all of a sudden. Yeah, that was interesting. So like I haven't seen this movie for a long time and I honestly thought he was gonna bump into him and like because he's like a redneck a lot of times like in the movies, like the redneck is kind of like a bully or like super ignorant and like is intolerant of other people's cultures. Yep. Um, as evident of current events going on right now. <laughs> Don't bully. <laughs> but but Don't. I honestly thought that he was gonna like be kind of like a like a, a foil against him, but he ended up just like they both said some smart ass remark, and then they were like, I don't remember exactly what they were in this one, but it's something along the lines like they're making fun of each other's outfits, and then like they just yeah, after making like, each doing like two or three like um, roasts, like 
they just reach out their hands and he's like, I'm Ren, I'm Willard. <laughs> Willard. And then they, they're just best friends. It's like that scene in uh, Step Brothers. Like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had a really great kind of back and forth and rapport. And, uh, yeah, I agree. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Willard's probably my favorite character. I think he's probably my favorite character in both versions of the movie. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Same. So getting into like the characters, I Ren, played by Kevin Bacon, one thing that really bothered me about this movie is just, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a theory, and then I'm going to, you know, you guys can tell me if it makes sense, if it holds up. But uh, me, Kevin Mike. Bacon actually was cast as the lead in Christine, uh, that Stephen King movie where the car comes to life. Huh. And then he was asked to come and do a do a uh, video test for this one, and, or a camera test, and they convinced him to turn down the role just to do the camera test. They're like, "Look, that's a Stephen King movie. People have done that before. You know, it's a slasher movie." Um, Kevin Bacon was in um, Night, not Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Friday the Thirteenth. They're like, "You've done stuff like this. This is going to be something different. Like, you're going to be a major star after this movie." So he took a huge risk and didn't take a lead in the Stephen um, Stephen King movie to do this just for a chance at this. So I think that part of his uh, contract was they had to like kind of like stroke his ego a little bit and say how good looking he is because in this movie, like seriously, every five minutes somebody's like, "Ren's so hot, he's so attractive, he's so dreamy, he's so cute." Like a thousand times in this movie, they're talking about how handsome and he is, and Kevin Bacon's pretty fugly. I mean, I think you just like him, and every time you heard someone say that he was good looking, you were like, "I agree with that statement." <laughs> but I don't agree. Mental with that. note I think he's of ugly. this statement. And as I, said, for you're in denial, Mike. Hey, <laughs> fuck you, Double D. If you go back to our Captain America episode, I talked about how he looks exactly like Red Skull from the newer one. <laughs> Did I not? I, I remember this. Yes, I do remember. This. Yep. So don't you fucking put words in my mouth saying I think Kevin Bacon's handsome. I, well, I was just theorizing uh, against your theory. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Once again, you look like an idiot because there's As evidence. As is my job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really weird because like all the characters talk about how great he, how great looking he is. Even his like five year old cousins, like yeah, he's those a weird fox. Like, Tall fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He's so cute. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, can, um, uh, so since we're on that note, can we talk about Laurie Singer as Ariel? Oh my God, she was a nutcase. What? Uh, I didn't think she was that attractive and shouldn't have been the main interest. No, that's crazy. Like you would have thought at that time, like Sarah Jessica Parker wasn't huge, but she was still starring in movies in the eighties. I thought as soon as I saw her, I thought it was going to be her as the lead. I also thought this, and I also thought that. So at the very beginning of the movie, there's like a little party. On like the outskirts of town, and there's like a car and a truck, and they're like driving down the freeway, and she climbs out of the car and does this thing where she puts like one leg on one car, one leg on the other, and she's driving down, and then you see this big rig coming, and like they're basically playing chicken with this big rig, and the big rig saw them coming miles away, like was like honking, honking, (laughs) honking, like he could have stopped, right? But he doesn't, so like you know he's well he was coming downhill, maybe it would have been really hard for him to stop. But he still could have attempted; he didn't even break. It seemed pretty far. Like I think he could have at least like yeah tried or something. Or it was just like it was like thirty seconds after they saw him that <laughs> that kept going. I really thought she was gonna die. I thought this was so. The reason that they have the ban is because there was an accident, like a drunk driving accident. Yep. 
And I thought this was the scene where they were going to do that, like show the band, like, oh, this is why they banned because a bunch of teenagers died being stupid at playing, you know, getting drunk, listening to rock and roll, having sex, and then getting into car accidents. <laughs> but it wasn't. So, like, I thought that was the case, but it was kind of weird that nobody tried to get out of the way or anything like that. So, see, like, but- I. I, I like thought Chuck was a really good boyfriend at that point because I was like it, it was uh, my situation I'll be like how much do I love this girl that I'm gonna smash into a big rig for <laughs> wait 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 you like Chuck at at this moment why this would moment. you like him he still endangered her and <laughs> let her do this dangerous stunt and was driving on the wrong side of the road he's reckless <laughs> I mean like she was just climbing over i was like i didn't think that was a big deal uh, i'm like oh that's tame that's how that right. happens to alex <laughs> all the time <laughs> that's just you like a saturday afternoon to me but, but so then i just want to point out once again you guys are saying these people are boring but they're doing these crazy stunts which neither <laughs> I, of you guys I, hey, would hey, even attend. don't say no no, you no guys. i didn't say that t- they were boring it. i said the town was so boring that they have to do like tractor fights and this so it makes sense that you know that they they want the dancing back because there's nothing else for them to do that's sane (laughs) Um, so still talking about ariel so what what double d just kind of talk about what you said a little bit more like how she's not attractive now we're not sexist we don't normally like to talk about people being attractive or not on this on our podcast you know because we're good people she's the main love interest but (laughs) we'll just kind of a you know give you a someone who agree with you. I was watching this movie. Katrina came home in the middle of me watching it. And it's the very end of the movie when they're at the prom. She's supposed to be all dolled up, like looking amazing. And my wife was like, is one of those supposed to be a teenager? It was because she was talking like (laughs) Ariel's talking to her mom. She's like, which one's the daughter? Which one's the parent? She's like, they both look like they're 40. (laughs) And I like, like she did look like she was 40, but this is an eighties movie and high school students always are in their thirties. Well, her square shoulders didn't really help. It's the 80s. They have <laughs> shoulder pads. There were no shoulder pads on those dress, Mike. Oh, the dressing? The dress was, was like shoulderless. She's looking like Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> with just bones. Shredder with bones. No steel, no steel spikes. So, so Spike from the X-Men? Yes. Exactly. Cool. Ariel Spike. The The other thing about Ariel, she's like, so not only did she do that weird stunt at the beginning, right? Like super dangerous and reckless. She's fucking psychotic. She almost killed herself in front of a complete stranger. Oh, like, oh, uh, well, yeah, with the train scene, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after the the uh, the rage dance, like she's somehow like she like follows Ren there, and like they have like a weird conversation about how like she like she's like you want to kiss me, and he goes, if I do that, your boyfriend will like break my ribs or pull my heart out through my ribs or something weird Scoop my lungs out with a spoon or something. That's what it is, right? (laughs) And then she, like, because he won't kiss her, she, like, goes and stands on, like, the railroad tracks and Kevin Bacon has to push her off. Like, she was going to kill herself in front of... (laughs) She did explain why she was on the track. She said they would do that sometimes and scream at the top of their lungs. Right, but she wasn't going to move, like... He tackled her and barely yeah, he got her out of the way. Maybe she sure. was testing him. <laughs> but what if he didn't do it? What if he tripped? Or what if he? I'm sure out? she had some internal struggle. In which case, if he didn't save her, she but can't care anymore. Like, if he didn't react when he did, she would have died. So she, even if she intended to move, she she wasn't gonna get out of the way. 
she overestimated her athletic ability. <laughs> no, she she can generate person. good momentum of those shoulders. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> she saw him rage dancing and thought she could move that quickly. No, she can't. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so to kind of like, I actually feel really bad for for Ren's character in this movie. Like he was treated like shit the entire movie and did nothing wrong. He uh, came to the town. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did wrong. <laughs> so like he comes to the town and he doesn't know anything about this town. Like his uncle, so him and his mom come and move in with his his aunt, uncle, and his little cousins. Right, his uncle could have been like, "Hey, I know you're from from Chicago." Like, you need to take it easy here. Like, we have rules against dancing, like, and music. So don't get caught listening to music or dancing in public because you're going to get got. Yeah. And listening so to music makes you make bad decisions. Right. So he goes and he's, like, playing his music and immediately gets pulled over and is, like, super confused. And the cop gives him a ticket and he's like, I don't understand what's going on. And, like, the cop's like, you're an idiot. Go fuck yourself kind of thing. <laughs> and then he goes... How you know another place like they're talking like at church they're talking about possibly like banning some book, and he's like, oh yeah, that's a great book, and they're all like, you're an idiot and you're like a sinner for reading this book, and he's like, what? I just read a book. What are you talking about? It's a classic, and they're all like, give him the stink eye, and then <laughs> no, they're like Tom, on, Tom Sawyer is a classic, not yeah, Slaughterhouse oh, Five, <laughs> right? Um, and then they also go and they kick it like at one point the. The pastor played by John Lithgow, who John Lithgow is amazing. I was yeah, really surprised when I saw him. I was like, oh, cool. This movie's going to be really good because John Lithgow's in it. He like had, uh, for some reason, I don't remember exactly what it was, but John Lithgow got like upset and like thought Ren did something wrong. So he goes to the principal, and the principal like has him get kicked off the gymnastics team because there's not enough funding for one more member. And it's like, you already have the equipment. It literally costs you nothing nah, man, to you let had to this... buy more tape. You couldn't afford more tape for <laughs> chalk. <laughs> yeah, more chalk. <laughs> but he can fucking fly like a thousand feet if he gets spinning. Like you don't not have him on the gymnastics team. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So like that, you know, was kind of messed up. And then at one point later on in the movie. Like, some kid tries to sell him drugs, and he's like, nah, I'm really not into drugs. Like, don't even worry about it. And, like, he doesn't narc on this kid. But then, like, everybody's like, he's a drug addict and everything like that. And it's like, one, you have no proof. Two, like, clearly you got to know that this other kid is a problem child. And then, like, I don't remember. The, there was something. Oh, then the uncle who's like, like is like, you're an asshole. You're doing drugs. And because of you, no one's shopping at my store and your mom got fired and everything. It's like the whole town is like fucking ghosting an entire family because this kid that they don't know anything about showed up. Well, they even like throw a brick through the uncle's window. Right. Like, Scares the yeah. shit out of his cousins. Yeah. Almost hit one of the kids too. Yeah. And he did nothing wrong. And then, meanwhile, the entire movie... Ariel is like literally breaking the law and nothing happens to her. Preacher's daughter. Right. So like this scene doesn't make any sense. So there's a scene towards the beginning of the movie where they're at like this diner and she has this little tiny boom box. Super and she, boom box. And she plays this <laughs> she plays this song and like everybody's dancing in the parking lot. People in the kitchen of the diner are dancing. People in the diner are dancing. People in the arcade are dancing. It's like 
there's no way that anybody heard that song other than like the people in five foot radius around the boombox. Well, maybe they haven't heard that much music recently, and their their ears are really like reaching for it. <laughs> right. So they're just like, I guess. <laughs> I don't but, know. Like, she's doing shit like this the entire movie, and they're like, "Well, yep, preacher's daughter, she's fine." And then Ren does listens to music loudly once, and he's like a piece of shit. What a piece of garbage! Well, I'm even, not okay even with her that. Dad Pooh garbage. Does it, her dad goes up to the <laughs> diner too, and he's just like he just. Uh, like uh, your <laughs> yeah, mom yeah it was awkward and he's he all just, sad yeah he's all sad but she doesn't get punished for it no she doesn't she never <laughs> well, she does. gets punished later well she gets slapped uh, yep. yeah yeah so yeah Can i just say john lithgow had a great range of emotions in this movie <laughs> he i thought he's great he's legitimately yeah. a good actor i agree and what i liked about this movie without you know talking too much about the next one i'm, I'm sure we'll kind of compare him is what i liked about this version of the the, the pastor is that he did seem semi-conflicted about this ordinance. Like, he he's talking throughout the whole movie, talking like he has a sermon where he basically compares music to pornography. Um, but he does seem, you know, a little upset that his daughter, like obviously his daughter's struggling. His wife says something along the lines like, "You're an amazing like pastor, and you can lead a congregation, but you kind of suck on one-on-one interactions." And then. He's like all all aboard, like having this um, this ban, but then he realizes by having this ban and him preaching about how music is a sin, that like it made the town go crazy. Where they start banning books, and there's even a point where they start to burn books, and he stops it. So I did like that he had an arc in this one, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, very very awkward uh, interactions with his daughter. Um, he did slap her at one point, like you said. Uh, Chuck but... beat the shit out of her, too. Oh, my God. What the hell, Alex? Oh, yeah. Why do you like hey, that guy? Alex, <laughs> tell us why you like Chuck. He's a <laughs> so, woman beater. Well, I, so, so before before that, I was like, oh, this guy's all right. But How is he all right? Because, like, he, I don't mean, I. He's he, a bad influence. He, I thought I was the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't, okay, like, so he doesn't, like, uh, discourage her on her acts, but he also he doesn't like pushes her because he even he in the beginning was like, hey, you should get in, get in, come on, no, seriously, get in the car, please. <laughs> and then he pulls no, he her didn't. in. Yeah, he was towards the end when the truck was coming. He was like, I'm either gonna have to hit this truck, <laughs> drive away, and let her fall and die, or ditch the road. <laughs> he was laughing around. He's like, ah, and he pulled her in. He's like, ah, as soon as she got in. <laughs> And no, then, he's a bad dude. And then, and then he yeah, beat the shit out of her. Yeah, then he, he takes it Bunch too right far. In the face. He definitely take like like oh, I was like oh man he de- she didn't even break up with him because like I think he wanted to like uh, confront her about Ren, and then he calls her out on it. It's like are are you sleeping with Ren or something like that? And then she's like no. Her response was like no, you're stupid. <laughs> and then and <laughs> he punches um, her in the face. He, yeah, he slaps her, and I was like oh that's that's a bit much. And then <laughs> that's a bit much. <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> wow, Alex, and then I'm learning a lot about you today. Really gets ham-fisted and starts yeah. whacking more. And I was like, oh, that's that's just too much. <laughs> Why? Now it's too much. <laughs> the, so the, the, the slap was okay. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was much. Okay, Sean a bit much. <laughs> <Did that. laughs> yeah, Alex is very uh, violence tolerant. <laughs> I guess so. All those 90s violent movies that he watched. Terminator. 
So th- there's another fight in this movie that's pretty funny. So well, there's a couple. So throughout the whole movie, like apparently Willard's a great fighter, and they're always telling him like don't fight. Um, and he listens to his girlfriend, so he never gets in these fights. And then at the end of the movie, they have to fight like five dudes, and like so it's Chuck and his friends, and Kevin Bacon just keeps kicking people in the face, yeah. <laughs> which is a little weird. Pent up gymnastics, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I like um, Willard like punch two guys. I think he like he either does it at once or like simultaneously right right next one after the other. I was like, yes, that, that was the best. Yeah, that was a pretty good <laughs> little Alex little really likes doing violent scenes. <laughs> cut, cut it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So other than that, I mean, we've we've pretty much hit the whole movie. Um. What's What's funny is this week. Uh, while I wa- covering this episode, I actually saw several references to this movie. So I watched Infinity War again. Of course, they explicitly talk about this movie and Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon. Um, you know, the other uh, Star Lord, <laughs> aka Peter Quill, talks about him. Uh, but then That's also, I restarted watching Arrested Development because there's a new season that actually comes out in a couple of days. And in like season one, there's a point where uh, Portia de Rossi's character, Lindsay, says to to Michael played by Jason Bateman, something along the lines of like, man, you're just like the, the mayor of the town from footloose. And I was like, that's really weird that I get these two references, like the week that I decided to watch this movie. So yeah. Yeah. A couple of facts before we move on. You guys want to hear some facts? Yes. All right. So I'm going to, I'm just going to just lay on some facts for you. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not supposed to know anything. Let me take off my headphones. <laughs> well, no, you're supposed. The whole point we do this podcast, we discussed it during the Star Trek episode, is that we te- the we felt like you're too stupid, and we teach you things on this podcast. So listen. Oh, okay. All so right. Take off my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things in, in in a recent interview, Kevin Bacon actually said that anytime he goes to a wedding, he'll actually go to the DJ and give him a bunch of money to not play Footloose because uh, every time he's at a place with music, people play it and expect him to dance to it. Footloose. Footloose. I feel like I would immediately break into that song upon seeing Kevin Bacon. Right? (laughs) Um, The other... Oh, man. Where'd my note go? So the scene with, like, let's hear it for the boys with uh, Chris Penn dancing. He he really can't dance. So they put this... Like, they taught him how to dance, and they basically filmed it and put it in the movie. So another little fact about that. And that's all I care about. Great montage. Right yeah, there. that was a great montage. Well, I, I, that's why I said it. It was good. <laughs> uh, I do have a question for you, Mike. Yes. How does Genesis know when to stop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up next time I see you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Call back to the last episode, guys, if you didn't yeah, catch that one. Go back, watch our watch, listen to our Star Trek episode. Double D's an idiot. <laughs> it was Proved the it best again. question I've ever asked. No, I, I I missed your questions back in the day. Like you had some like deep philosophical ones, like, um, you know, what kind of enhancements did you have? Like when we did a uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell, and then you had like another one for like Total Recall that was pretty good. You used to ask good questions. Yeah. That made me think. Uh, oh, well. Yeah. Oh, I got but the notes loose. for the, the jokes. When uh, they he Willard and uh, Ren first talk to each other, they talk about, it's like, you need a comb. And then uh, Ren says to Willard, nice hat. Do they sell men's clothes where you got it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic joke. That was pretty good. 
All right. So I think we should move into the new one, the 2011 remake. Double D, you got a synopsis? Yeah, yeah, I got one for us. Nice little summary from uh, Olivia Meadows. Mm. Being a teenager is tough, and no one knows this better than Ren McCormick, a city kid with a strong feeling for music. Ren's life changes when he moves to a small town where rock and roll and dancing are criminal activities. When Ren falls in love with the Reverend's daughter, Ariel Moore, the music pauses and Ren needs to shape up or make dancing a legal activity once again. What? Shape <laughs> up or make music? <laughs> Those are his two options. Like a rom-com where like, the woman says, like, I'm not going to be with you unless you dance kind of thing. Like, like the way that makes it set up. I mean, it's not wrong. I guess. What, what, what did you guys think about this movie? Um, First impressions. It cleaned up a lot of stuff from the old one. I agree, but it also like complicated it and made other things that don't really make sense. Yeah, and like yeah. I, I guess we can like get into it. Um, one of the things that I had an issue with this movie was that uh, initially I was like, okay, they're changing a few things. They're changing the backstory. You know, his mom died. That's why he's coming. You know, they made a few updates with like, you know, I thought they were gonna have better dancing. But honestly, the dancing really wasn't that great in this movie. And, like, if you're going to remake this movie, like, make it do something, like, different. Like, add something to it, right? Well, I know one thing they did different. What's that? There were black people. (laughs) (laughs) There were. There was not a single black person in the original movie. Well, the original one took place in Colorado. This takes place, I think, in Alabama or Georgia. I can't remember where they said. I think it's Georgia. Right. So that makes a little bit more sense. This movie also started with like the foot thing. Like the problem I had with this movie is every time I thought it was going to be a little different, it would snap right back to the basically following the exact plot of the original one. Like initially while watching this movie, I was kind of like happy because like, you know, it starts with a party and then you actually see the accident that caused this whole chain of events to happen. The banning of the music and stuff like that. I was also kind of impressed that, like, at one point they talk about how dancing dancing isn't strictly illegal in this town. Um, it's public dancing without being chaperoned by the church or the school yeah. is illegal. So they still have dances, and they still have, like, school function dances. It's just they're they're supervised. <laughs> and then they, they, they mention that, like, the entire town comes and watches, and then that there's a mother-son dance at every every prom and stuff like that. So, like... It isn't completely gone. It's just, you know, a little bit more supervised. So I'm initially I'm thinking like, oh, okay, cool. They're making some changes. They're updating it. But then there's so many scenes lifted directly from the original. Oh, uh, like, yeah. It was almost a shot for time. Actually, that being a remake, just a quick point out. I was really excited for the tractor chicken again. <laughs> but then he just ended up driving a tractor over to the bus race, which is yeah, very awkward. That was weird. <laughs> like so they did this weird bus race where it's like a figure eight track and they're like they're like, Oh, you gotta be careful not like if you're in first place you have to make sure you don't hit the last place person and then you gotta time it right. And so it was like four buses and like Ren just basically by accident takes out all three of his opponents. <laughs> Same thing as shoelace gets caught in the thing and he can't stop the brake, like hit the brakes, and that's why he like T bones another bus and ultimately wins. Um, but yeah, he drove a tractor. But there's a lot of like initially, I thought, okay, you know, there's gonna be a few nods to the original, which I kind of liked. I'm like, you know, they're not gonna completely redo it. So like he drives the same kind of car. I'm like, okay, 
on the first day of school, he shows up in the same uniform. Or not same uniform, but like the same outfit that Ren did in the original. Tie, untouched shirt, messy hair. And then he had the same tux at the end of the movie. So it's like, if it was just little things like that where they didn't like really like make it obvious, like really unless you were a big, big fan of the original or you just rewatched it for a podcast, you probably wouldn't have really noticed these things. So it wasn't like, you know, ham-fisted, but then there were other things that were like identical. And that kind of bothered me. Really? Um, what what, yeah. what I feel like they did is like someone watched Footloose and they're like, oh, how come they're dancing in a diner when it's illegal? And like everyone in the diner folks seem to be okay with it. And then they're like, let's write that in the new movie that, <laughs> that they're all, they're going along with it. And then they're like, oh, how come this car, car door sticks on the right? Well, let's write that into our movie and we'll, we'll, we'll explain that. <laughs> and it's like... And then everything else is just pretty much exactly the same, except for the 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 pastor, the reverend thing. I, I felt like he got shortcutted a bit. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> well, Dennis Quaid's a little boring anyway. He's kind of boring in every movie he's in. <laughs> oh, oh, me and Alex were talking about Dennis Quaid a little bit, and I can't remember him in anything besides like the last thing I remember him in was like Pandorum, which was what like two thousand eight or something. Yeah, something like that. You know what? Like you're right. I can't really recall him being in anything recently. Uh, let me let me let me look him up real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at this actor list, and the last thing I see on here, I mean, he was he's uh, in a TV show right now. He's in two TV shows that are airing in 2018. Oh, he's in Drunk History. A, dr- a dog <laughs> Drunk purpose. <History. laughs> he did an episode of Workaholics. But yeah, if you look at like, it looks like he's done a bunch of TV the last couple years. But the last movie he, like, big movie he did, besides that A Dog's Life or whatever that just came out, Movie 43, which is a bunch of cameos, <laughs> playing for keeps that don't know that. Yeah, it's really, like, 2012 was, like, the last time he was doing, like, big movies. Hmm. So, weird, yeah. he's He hasn't been doing much. But, I mean, he works a lot. Like, he, it's not like he needs to work. Like, he's got money. Well, I'm so, sure. You know, whatever. <laughs> Good for you, Dennis Quaid. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's certain things that I like. I also kind of thought we're going to come like, like you guys kind of mentioned, like cleaning things up a little bit. And I thought we're going to, you know, maybe come into play. Like at the beginning of the movie, he comes into town and he goes to his uncle and he tells his uncle like, hey, you know, I really appreciate you taking me in after my mom died. Like I want to contribute like I can work at your store or at your, your auto dealership. And he's like, I can't afford to pay you. I'm going to go, you know, I'll go, you know, I got, I'll get you a job at the, over at the cotton mill. Right. And it's like, he just wants to help. Like you could have used him as free labor. That didn't really make sense that he didn't do that. And then there's a point where he like the, the uncle gives him a car and it's the same beetle that Kevin Bacon drove in the original. And he's like, you can he, make that run. You can have it. So I'm thinking so fast. Right. I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool. Like he like Jerry rigged it with like a string is now the, uh, the accelerator and everything like that. And, you know, he also like took apart a speaker and then put it into the car and made it work. And, <laughs> and then so, immediately got pulled over. And like, but you think that maybe will come into play. Like maybe, like I thought that was what was going to maybe happen is as the town folk get upset with him for trying to change things, like maybe they go and, you know, vandalize the uncle's business and he has to put the cars back together. And like that makes them come together. Cause in the original movie, the uncle's a dickhead and like is basically like you're a terrible person nephew and like you're lucky we took you in but you're fucking my business and you fucked over your mom and like my daughters are worse for knowing you kind of thing but in this one like the uncle is super friendly and supportive the entire movie 
He took and over so, like, the, like, the, the mom role, essentially. That's what happened. Right. And so, like, they took away a major part, like, major struggle for Ren. Like, he he didn't have nearly as many obstacles as he did in the original. Like, everyone, like, hated him. But he actually had more friends in this one. So not only did he have Willard and Ariel and, and Rusty, but he had, like, the football captain and the football team was his friend. So, like, he had more friends in this movie. His uncle was supportive of him. And, like, they did this whole thing to set up him being, like, a car whiz, a mechanic, and it never comes into play again. It, like, it even seriously I'm thinking, like, feels like it came out of, like, a different movie. Like, I I did, like, if it was a movie about cars or, like, Fast and the Furious, I guess, or something like that, it would have been, like, oh, this is neat. We, we see that he's actually capable around automobiles and he's, like, resourceful, but, it, like, it never comes into play. Or if it came into place, like, in that race sequence, like if he was losing and then he does something with the car, like he jerry rigs something and then he gets a little bit more juice out of it and he wins. Like if it came into play, it would make sense, but they add these extra dimensions to the character and then it doesn't do anything. So like that was a little weird. The uncle being supportive took a major kind of like thing away from him. Like this guy didn't have to struggle as much as Kevin Bacon's version of Ren. Uh, So that was weird. Uh, let's see. There's I like that things. his uncle supported him, though. It was, it, I, I, because I find, oh, I, I found it like refreshing. It was, it was nice. Like, yes, he didn't have that struggle, um, as you mentioned, but it, it, it felt different because, like, he, he wanted to bring dancing for it. Like, a, it was like a different reason. I, I feel compared to like his motivation in the first one, where he, like, he wanted to do something for himself right or something like that and this one it felt like he just wanted to do it for for his friends At least i felt like it was the, the pretty much the same because in the original one there was actually more about the town getting involved and passing out flyers and like everybody showed up to the meeting and this one like i don't think it was quite as big like i felt like that was about the same hmm. but like, like you guys said like they tried to clean up some things but then it kind of like complicated things a little bit more they also like give him this boss who's like super friendly and takes care of him and like offers up his mill for the, <laughs> he, the prom at the end he ends up fighting somebody at the end yeah dude he pulls a mr miyagi and assaults a teenager <laughs> <laughs> like that's not okay oh uh, it's totally like, okay dude in it's this, okay in my like, books he's lucky it was 2011 because in this day and age like he would have got shot by the cops well, no, that was uh, one of Chuck's friends, right? So they're, yeah, but they're, some of Chuck's friends were yeah, in high school. They're like forty. <laughs> well, Chuck looked like he was forty. His hairline was receding. He looked like he was forty year old. But his friends went to his high school. They tried to sell Ren drugs. Oh yeah, that's rich. true. That's <laughs> right, you're right there. So that was weird. Ren or not Ren? Chuck was a much bigger dickhead in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah. Even like, though, well, he wasn't as violent as uh, Alex's Chuck. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he, was, he yeah, played he a was. much bigger asshole. I think no, he, he was he, definitely yeah. He worse. like throws her on the floor. Like he started. Yeah, I mean, he didn't like, punch her in the face though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. She yeah, had a bla- yeah, yeah. She, he he hit her too in this one, and like she had yeah, a, like sla- actually, she actually had a black her. eye in this one. He like there's a whole scene of him like trying to cover up her makeup and stuff like that. There's also like a really fucked up dynamic in this one where, um. There's like they move a few scenes around like that diner scene where they're playing the music. It's a little different in this one where like somebody gives the cook a like a, a CD and he's like, all right, I'll play it. But if anybody, any adults come by, I got to shut it down and say you guys snuck in or something like that. Snuck in but, that like, CD and put it on my PA system. <laughs> right. So a bunch of people are like stomping the yard and then all of a sudden they're like 
Willard's like, hey, I told everyone to stop dancing so we can see how you dance, Ren. And so he does like a little dance, which really wasn't all that impressive. I didn't like, like no, it. was just it a little popping like, and locking. <laughs> and then him and Ariel start grinding. And then like she's looking right at Chuck, <laughs> windows to the soul. And then Chuck looks at Ren and then Ren stops like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. if you're going to perform, like you can go. For, I'm not going to perform for him. What the fuck is this? So he's like kind of like calling her out on her bullshit. Yeah. He's like, uh, you can put a show on for him, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. And so like, I was like, yeah, good for you, man. Like respect to yourself. Yeah. But then like later on, Ariel goes with with Chuck like after the race. So like this is a little different. Like this little dangerous stunt is a little bit different. Like. Chuck's dad owns a racetrack and he's racing and she goes out in the middle of a race and like climbs on the car like halfway through and is waving the flag and her her friend Rusty is like freaks the fuck out it's like what are you doing you could have died and like it's like crying and is super frantic like super overreacting like, like nowhere oh, near is this that, dangerous that, that was so and tame also, <laughs> oh yeah but I mean this also makes it seem like this isn't the first time she's like done it's a something pattern. that stupid yeah exactly she right. was like pissed about it and was like I'm done with this shit. Yeah, I I get that, but it's just like, like I think if you just watched it, you're probably right. You'd get that, but like with the context of just watching the original one, it doesn't seem nearly as bad. No, no, no. <sighs> but anyway, so like right after that scene, like she Ariel, uh, played by Julianne Hoff, who I love. She's she's gorgeous. She um much more attractive than the one from the eighties. <laughs> but she's like they're like you see them like making out right and like he starts to put his hand up and like that classic scene it's in so many movies where like creepy guys making out with a girl and then like tries to feel her up and she's like stop and then he does it again she's like stop and everything so she's like so she keeps saying like yellow flag like slow down right and then all of a sudden he's like come on preacher's daughter why are you being a preacher's daughter and she's like all right fine close the door he was trying to fuck her with the door open like he's in a garage or a trailer yeah and there are yeah, people the, walking he, around he didn't even think of that she had to she's like, oh, like well, right. that's what i'm saying like he was gonna try to fucking fuck her with she like, didn't the even door look open. like she wanted it though I, even after she said that she's no, like she I'm didn't yeah, want it. Sure. and that's the like, point the door. is she's acting out so like this one they i think they did a slightly better job of showing that she is acting out. So like there's a point where she talks to Dennis Quaid and is like, look, how do you think I feel knowing every time, like every time somebody thinks about my brother, they're thinking about, oh, he's the reason why we can't have fun in this town and you've shut down emotionally and now I'm like, you don't pay attention to me and that's why I feel like I have to do these things. So I think they did a better job in this one of like explicitly saying this is why she's doing this shit. But she still does the thing where, like, she almost kills herself in front of this, like, complete stranger. Yeah. And it's really weird. Like, so they, they do the rage dance, and then she watches, and she does the same thing where she, like, jumps in the... the, the what do you think the, about this rage train. dance, Mike? Oh, it was fucking garbage compared to the original yeah. one. Yeah. Like, I do like that they added more actual rage to it. I, I agree. It was a little more angsty. Like, yeah, it was more like I, I feel like they try to give it more of like a realistic approach where he's like smashing things and then he dances and then he smashes something else. And like, and he's kind of talking to himself, too, yeah. as he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like replaying the, the moments in his head throughout. Right. Yeah. I did like how like he because he's kind of like angsty and doing rage like. His, his movements weren't as smooth. Like, the original one, like, they're very smooth. And, like, it looked like a choreographer with this one. Where this one looks like he's kind of, like, he knows what he's doing. But he's just kind of, like, venting. Like, there's a point where he jumps up on the car and is dancing and then falls off the car. Yeah. 
Um, there's a point where he's like swinging and he like flies off. <laughs> like, um, and he grabs chain. a chain and like bumps into stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I did kind of like that, but the actual dancing stuff, I don't think is as good. It was a lot more like it almost seemed like Frank Sinatra kind of stuff or like Gene Kelly like dancing in the rain where it was like kind of like smooth motions just like his arms swing in front of him and like spins and slides like they're, they're, the dancing wasn't that impressive and I think this was an opportunity to like do something interesting and they didn't do that yeah I agree with you it's, um, it's, like, it's just a choreography no, in, in general I feel like for the movie it, it doesn't really there was no good like number dance sequence where i was like oh man that's like that was really neat like the those moves were, were, were getting me going and like i wish i like i was witnessing this live it was just it was just very lackluster and yeah i feel like if this movie was so recently in the last like five six years nbc and fox have done like a lot of like live musicals where they're actually like airing in real time like I feel like if this was a one of those productions, it would have been okay. I get what they're doing. You know, it's live. They don't have time. Like several days in between scenes to like really do this, so they got to keep it fairly simple so they can you know actually get through the entire show. It would have been fine. Like I feel like this would have been better served as like a as a revival on TV. Like they've recently done Hairspray and they've done Grease and stuff like that. Like I think it would have been better served like that. I agree. This would definitely have been a better made-for-TV movie. I, I, I 100% agree. You know who we haven't talked about yet? Um, Willard in this one. Miles oh, yeah. Teller. Miles, Miles Teller, Teller was great. He actually did, I think yeah, he did fantastic. He did like a Willard. country bumpkin voice. Like, I, I, I can't do it, but it was like, he was really good. And they had the same scene where like, you know, they bump into each other and they have like their smart ass remarks. And like, he seems like super happy and go lucky and like just a generally good dude. And, like, some of their interactions I actually liked better than the original. So, like, they're um, in the original, there's a point where he's talking to Willard and he talks about how he went to this club and he was, like, dancing with these girls and, like, they were buying him beers. And then, like, she, like, takes him out to her car and, like, fucks him in the car, see, car right? And he's, like, really? He goes, no. And this one he talks about how because he was such a great gymnast, like, they went to, like, this international tournament and these Russian girls, like, have a threesome with him and they keep saying, like, I don't remember what the word was. But it was like some Russian word, and he was like yeah. Chechnya or something like that. I don't remember what it actually was. Um, let's see. I think I wrote it down. Oh, it was like Hernia. Herna. Herna. And I was like, what's that? He goes, it's Russian for bullshit. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Bullshit. Why would you say that? What? Why would you say that to me? <laughs> oh, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I kind of agree and disagree. Like, I feel like the dialogue is a lot between them is a lot more sharper and, and funnier like the how they first interact like the, there was a funny like uh joke too or like oh like um you should have been wearing like uh, a oh, orange, orange vest, vest or something he's <laughs> like, wearing a camouflage i didn't shirt. see you because like he bumped into him um i felt like the dialogue is more sharper but like the chemistry like between the lead and miles teller i didn't feel like it was i i just think that's yeah. because the guy who played ren in this one yeah. is not ever he, he's not really an actor like he's been in a handful of things but he mostly has done dancing and background dancing for like mute like big artists so like this was his first major role and i think he's just a shitty actor <laughs> yeah he's no kevin bacon yeah. Yeah. no <laughs> not at all miles teller did great though yeah, uh, I, I was actually was great in this movie watching it's, it's... watching this with Amy, and she has like an unbeknownst grudge against uh Miles Teller, and she actually liked him in this movie, which like, could, was my, saying Katrina a lot. doesn't like Miles Teller either. I don't get it. <laughs> like, I, I think he's fine. Like, he's, 
what's what's funny is like in this era like 2011 to like 2014 before he did whiplash and kind of like became a legitimate actor he was doing a lot of these teeny bopper movies he like did this he did uh he did like what was that that party movie i can't remember what it was called project x project x he did uh um like the divergent movies so he was doing like all these like teeny bopper movies and now he's like considered a legitimate actor and a good actor so i thought that was kind of you know funny like seeing him in this like forgetting that his roots i mean he was also in that fantastic four movie which was garbage let's forget about that yeah Yeah. we'll cover that eventually no that didn't happen (laughs) we're gonna have to (laughs) marvel's getting fine the marvel's gonna get fantastic four so we're gonna have to do it eventually Uh, all right all right um (laughs) The, the one last thing I kind of want to talk about was uh, that fight at the end, like, was a little bit gnarly. Like, they're, like, breaking windows, throwing them through glass windows and stuff like that, like, ripping pieces off of cars and beating the shit out of each other with it. And then, like, the boss comes and, like, hits the guy. Um, but then there. they do, like, the climactic scene, like, or, you know, they're not the climactic, but the finale of the original one was the prom. And there's this iconic line where kevin bacon comes in and he's like let's dance and then they start dancing like in the original one we didn't talk about this scene like he shows up fights chuck and then he goes in and nobody's dancing and then he goes and let's dance and then everybody dances in this one they have the fight he walks in and ren kind of goes to the football player because it's just like willard and rusty dancing and then the football player and his girlfriend dancing and he's like hey get your guys so like the football captain like goes and like does this little thing like huddles and like, all right, we got to like do this. And he uses all this football lingo and then they start dancing and then like it starts to slow down. And then Ren is supposed to do his little thing and he's like, let's dance. And there was like no energy to it. And I, one of the facts about this movie is that scene took 28 takes. That was the what? best take. And it was so anticlimactic. Like, it was That's, so uh, lame. Like, I feel like I did a better job at it than he did. And that was, like, <laughs> an impression of him doing it poorly. And, like, what was weird is that scene was a pain in the ass to do because they um originally had, like, a different type of confetti, but it was too heavy, so it didn't rain down. So, like, when they were shooting the scene, they are like, oh, shit. So they had to go get new confetti made, like, as they were filming. And so they didn't have enough confetti to do multiple takes. So they literally had to vacuum it all up, clean it up, and then shoot it over and over again. And this guy... They did 28 takes because this guy couldn't fucking deliver the line, let's dance. <laughs> fucking bitch. Let's dance. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank, let's you. See. Thank you. Let's uh, see. Anything else on, on this you guys want to talk about? Uh, No. Nope. Uh, what about you, Alex? Oh, I've got one more thing, but I'll let you go. I, I really... So, like, the one I thought was, like, like, a really good comparison between the two is, like, the courtroom scene. Uh, with Dennis Quaid's performance and John Lefkoe's performance, like Dennis Qu- when when Ren gives his speech and he's like, "Oh, and in the Bible it says like in Psalms dance or something like that," and like Dennis Quaid, like how he reacted to that was like he learned something, and I felt like no, that doesn't it doesn't feel right. Like uh, how how I liked about in the first uh, Footloose, like John Lefkoe, like he had like a smirk on his face. He's like, "All right, like this, you got me, yeah." Like that's that's good. Like, like you used what I know against me. <laughs> yeah, it's almost you like that scene kids. in Batman Begins <laughs> when uh Morgan Freeman's character Fox like goes to the original boss like you didn't get the memo, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I agree. No, like John Lithgow was kind of like proud of him. Yeah, for doing it. Yeah, and that's the other thing is Dennis Quaid was like 
basically like staunch in his support for this movement the entire movie and they took away the whole book burning thing so it was like he was he, it was basically he and the principal were vil- were the villains of the entire movie and then at the end he like has a little sort like Ren goes to him and is like, look, we're having the problem. We found a place outside of town. I'm, I want to take your daughter. Like, you need to give us your blessing. Oh. And he kind of, like, gives a speech at the end at church. Like, hey, they're going to have this problem. There's nothing we can do. Like, he, pray for him. He gives – I actually – like, he talks about how he's, like he, – um, fuck. Like, uh, Dennis Quaid looks at him. And he's like, oh, I thought you were, like, my son or something. Because, like, the way Ren was sitting. And, and Ren is like, oh, yeah, for me, it's grocery stores. And, like, Dennis Quaid is like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, whenever, like, I hear a mom calling out for their son, it just gets me going. And I'm like, how often are moms calling out Ren? <laughs> for him to be flashing right. back to his mom. <laughs> That's true. That's funny. Um, one last thing that I noticed, and it was kind of weird. So the original one had some great music in it. So it had, you know, obviously we talked about here for the boys, Footloose. And the other song that it had was just like, I need a hero, something, something, and then the night. <laughs> it's also in Shrek too. Yeah. Um, this movie, the newer one, actually took a lot of the music and like changed it. So it had the the original Footloose version at the opening, and then it had like a country cover at the end. It also had that song that I just sang, like, we need a hero. It had it two different ways. So it had, like, a slow kind of, like, country version at the beginning of the movie. It, but then, in like, the, the racing scene, it had, like, a metal version without the lyrics. Um, so it was like... <laughs> and then, like, in the beginning, it was, like, this, like, almost like a, like a ballad version of it. And then at the end, they had... Um, I already talked about the cover, but they, yeah, they, they took all the big songs from the original. Oh, um, let's hear it for the boys. Like this one was like a karaoke version. The girl, like the little oh, cousins yeah, yeah, were singing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, so like they took all the music from the original and put it in the same scenes. Um, they just changed it. So like this movie just ultimately like I, I kind of liked the beginning how it was showing different things. Like the first 20 minutes of this movie, I was like completely on board. I was like, all right, you know, it's got the same basic skeleton but it's changing things. But like once it got to the car and then he got to school, it became exactly the same movie. Yep. They tried so. to clean things up, but they just made things muddier. But yeah, all they did is they set up a bunch of stuff at the beginning that never paid off at the end. Yeah. So uh, what's the verdict here, boys? It didn't need to happen. Nah. No, I agree. It, or if it did, they should have... Apparently, like, they're, they're, this was going to be a musical or there is a musical version of this on Broadway. Like, they should have just filmed this for TV and just made it a TV production. So when it sucked, they could be like, hey, it was for TV. And it was live. <laughs> well, good job, Miles Teller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not good job, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> One last little funny story. Um, so on Facebook the other day, somebody posted something about Footloose. And then Katrina like commented like, and like tagged me in it like, oh Michael just watched this not Footloose sorry um Flashdance, and so Katrina like tagged me she's like oh Michael just watched this it looked terrible and I had to like I'm like honey I watched Footloose she goes aren't they the same thing and I'm like no they're not <laughs> no so yeah that's not funny. how movies work nope that's not how movies work <laughs> all right any anything else guys nah all right Footloose. Cool. <laughs> Kick off Sunday's shoes. All right, I'm done. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. You guys can uh, check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at mdxpods. 
You can also check us out on that Vero app. Nobody uses it, so don't worry about it. Um, Kicking a buck at patreon.com slash mdxpods if you want to support the show. Also, check out our other podcast, Ruin My Childhood with me and Katrina. And go to audibletrial.com slash mdxpods and get a free audiobook. That's it. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Later, dude. See ya. Bye.